Welcome to the 352nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on September 3rd, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and today I am a captain of a one-man ship. That's right, Carlos is away on assignment, and so it'll just be me at the helm, but no worries. I have quite a show lined up for you, lots of good stuff to talk about, and a fair amount of housekeeping as well, so I say let's get right to it. Starting off with the housekeeping, uh, this is the section where I cover random bits and pieces relating to games, or the games industry, either directly or adjacently. Yes. Lots of stuff today, lots of bits and pieces. Let's start off with Fortnite. Uh, I don't know if anybody still plays. I mean, I know a kajillion people still play, um, but I don't hear a lot about it uh, in my personal circles, like my Twitter circles or whatnot. But I still play every so often, um, especially when my son, uh, who plays quite a bit more than I do, wants to team up. Um, He's always happy to carry the old man although I have been a uh, pretty good backup uh, on occasion. Uh, but, you know, he, he saw the new season just dropped, and he's like, Dad, 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 come check it out, come check it out. And we were both shocked to see that um, the new seasons, the new skins, I don't know if you keep up with Fortnite, but every season they drop a whole bunch of new skins, and that's the part of the Battle Pass where if you need to achieve something, you can look forward to unlocking these skins in the Battle Pass. And I, I do, you know, sometimes there's been some cool ones werewolf skin or some sexy lady or something a robot or who knows what um the skins have been kind of lacking for me personally lately the last couple of seasons haven't been great although i will say that last season there was a couple of transformers which was nice um it wasn't enough to get me to do the whole battle pass uh, but i did play a fair amount and i ended up with an optimus primal which i'm pretty happy about but uh this season uh, we were both looking at the new stuff that was unlocked, and we were both kind of shocked to see that really famous uh, Instagram person. Uh, I guess maybe he's on other social media, too. I think his name is... I don't know how to pronounce his name, so forgive him for getting this wrong, but Cabby, Cabby Lame, uh, the person who is famous for, like, not talking in his videos, but kind of doing that... He'll show somebody doing something dumb, and then he'll come back and show himself doing it properly. And then he does this little gesture with his hands that's pretty iconic, where he kind of, like looks at you and he's like duh like kind of a face um a lot of funny videos from that guy he's like one of the most famous or most successful instagram slash youtuber whatever social media people and he's one of the skins in the Fortnite battle pass uh we both were like is that oh it is it's him and he does like the motion and everything it was really funny um i don't know that that's going to be enough to get me to play Fortnite enough to unlock him because he's like in the upper tier he's like in the 70s or something uh, and the battle pass goes to 100 so you'd have to play a pretty fair amount i don't know that i will play that much i don't know that i'm motivated but i did think it was pretty funny he was in there so if you're a cabby fan or kb i'm not sure how to pronounce his name i apologize but whatever his name is uh if you're a fan he's in the battle pass and at least watch the video it's pretty funny uh let's see next up a couple of pieces of bad news jesus i feel oh man kind of sad talking about this stuff here so closures, um, a couple big closures uh, this week. First, me, 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 me productions, who I love. They just put out uh, Shadow Gambit, which is gonna absolutely be one of my top games of the year. The strategy team based uh, Pirates of the Caribbean style game. Uh, they also made uh, Shadow Tactics and they also made Desperados 3. All of those 
are amazing games. They are all great. As far as I'm concerned, they haven't made a dud. Uh, they just announced that they are closing their studio, and I couldn't have been more shocked or more surprised. Um, they put out a statement to everyone uh, via social media and their website. Basically, if I'm reading this correctly, it just says they've been making games for the last 15 years, and they're just straight up tired. They want to spend more time with their families. They want to spend more time away from the computer. Uh, the games that they make, those three games I just named off, are all really intense, really difficult, um, really complicated games. Nothing uh, nothing easy about doing that, especially to the degree uh, to which they make them. I mean, they're so intricate, so nuanced, so many little things that can go wrong. Um, and they're all masterpieces, as far as I'm concerned. So they basically just said, hey, it's been 15 years. We're all burned out. We're all really tired. We all want to see our kids. We want to see our spouses. We want to just like not do games for a minute. So they're shutting down and they're just dissolving, which to me is like, man, what? Like, take a vacation, take a break. I mean, I don't know the specifics and they didn't really give like, you know, financial specifics or whatever. I mean, I, I kind of just feel like just take some time off, y'all take a year off. Um, I don't know if like they would have to pay their employees if they did take a vacation because they're in Germany, I believe. And so I'm, they have much different rules than we do here in the bullshit United States. Um, where you just work until you die and all the money funnels upwards. Um, you know, so I don't know, maybe they, maybe they had to close because they couldn't afford to pay all their people if they're not making any money or what, I don't know. Or maybe they're just like, maybe they just were, were good. Maybe they wanted to go out on a high note, whatever, but man, oh, that was a gut punch to me personally. And I'm sure for anybody else who loves any of those games, especially with, um, Shadow Gambit being their best game ever. And like, they don't make a dud, like all their games have been great. So it's like great game, great game, even better great game, and then studio close. I didn't see this coming even remotely. So in any event, I do want to respect them. I respect their work. I'm so grateful for the work they've done. I've enjoyed it so much. Um, it has genuinely enriched my gaming career, and I've really taken so much joy from that. So thank you very much to Mimi, Me, all of their their people involved, everybody who's been a part of their games. Um, I wish them well. I hope that they get the rest and rejuvenation that they deserve. I hope they see their kids and their families and their spouses and their friends and and whatever and anything they want to do. So best of luck to them. And I hope that we will see them again. I would love to see more work from them in the future because I am such an ardent fan. So uh, so I guess I'm sad, but also congratulations, maybe, I guess. Anyway, they will be missed. The other piece of, I guess, bad news is not as good if you want to call that one good not as good as that one volition uh just closed they were bought by the embracer group which is that super group of money bag people who are just buying all sorts of studios they were on this like crazy purchasing spree a while ago i don't know if they're still buying but they like they bought tons of studios like a like a stupid amount of studios and i don't quite know what their plan was but now they're closing people left and right and this is the next one of their closing. Volition, the people who were behind a number of games, Red Faction and a couple other things, but most known for Saints Row. Uh, the original Saints Row trilogy, well, I guess quadrilogy, Saints Row, Saints Row 2, Saints Row 3, which a lot of people think is the best one and you're just really, really wrong. And Saints Row 4, which is amazing um, in basically every sense. 
Uh, I was a huge fan of the Saints Row uh, series, even though I didn't really like three that much. And I know that's everyone's favorite. And I'm just going to have to deal with that because I just don't think it's that good. Saints Row 4 is amazing. But that aside, uh, they're closing. They recently did a new IP, which was very close to Saints Row, called Agents of Mayhem, which looked so cool on paper, but just was really not fun to play. That one bombed. And they just did a basic reboot of Saints Row. It was just called Saints Row. Uh, and that one bombed as well, or at least bombed according to uh, Embracer's criteria. So they have now been closed, shuttered, over, DOA, done. So I'm very sorry to hear about that. Um, I think Volition is a studio which has done some wonderful work in the past. I get that, you know, you always have to kind of be making the hits in this game. Otherwise, stuff like this happens, which is a shame. I don't know what went wrong. I mean, honestly, I think that um, if I remember correctly, when they were doing Agents of Mayhem, that some people left, some key people left. And also, I think they had some budgetary problems. They didn't have enough money that they needed to make the game they wanted to make. If I remember correctly, um, Agents of Mayhem underproduced. And I guess it was just, you know, they couldn't recover, apparently. So goodbye to Volition. Um, I really did enjoy your work as well. The Saints Row Quadrilogy is, I mean, genuinely good shit. Genuinely good shit. Anybody who's played those games and has a sense of humor knows that they're good. Um, and I just, you know, it's, it's sad. So hopefully those people will find employment elsewhere. I wish them all the best of luck. Very sorry to see that studio close, but hopefully something better is around the corner. And there you go. Let's continue the bad news streak here uh no more studio closings but with a price hike playstation just announced that their subscription services are all going to be increasing in price as of september 6 today is september 3 so that means in three days all the prices are going to go up um playstation has three tiers to their subscription systems basic i don't know what small medium large that's not what it is uh short tall venti something like that i don't know what they call their subscription levels uh, but basically you got to do the full meal deal if you want to get all the perks which is the online you have to have it if you want to play online uh regardless but then i think at the top tier you get uh playstation plus which is the couple free games a month if they're still doing that and then also the older library of stuff which is kind of sort of like game pass i guess or i don't know it's a confusing system and to be perfectly honest i'm mostly in the xbox ecosystem right now anyway so um it's ironic because i actually just re-upped my playstation a month ago because i needed to play something online for the show and i honestly can't remember what it was it was something that had was it Sekiro? no i forget anyway it doesn't matter but i'm canceling it now because every plan is going up the basic plan is going up by 20 dollars a year the medium plan is going up by 35 dollars a year and the large plan is going up by 40 dollars a year which brings the total for the basic, the absolute basic, no frills, online stuff, that's going to cost you $80 a year. The middle of the road, which I think is everything except for the backwards compatibility library, $135 a year. And the deluxe package, where you get everything they have to offer, $160 a year. So that seems like a lot to me, um, especially since I don't play a lot of games online. And especially as I'm not really deep in the PlayStation ecosystem this particular generation so just a heads up that those prices are going up i've seen a lot of people grumbling about it especially people who play like call of duty or whatever fortnite whatnot i mean you basically have to or is fortnite exempt fortnite might be exempt i don't remember but basically the prices are going up 
you want to keep online, you want to keep your, your PlayStation Plus, you want to keep your backwards compatibility library, it's going to cost you. So heads up on that. Also, uh, sticking with PlayStation news right now, they just announced a new device. It's called the PlayStation Portal. It is a remote screen that has... It's basically like you take a PlayStation controller, cut it in half, and then stick a screen in the middle of it. Um, it looks a lot like some of those mobile controllers that you can stick your phone into the middle of. And I guess in in large strokes, it's basically the same thing as kind of a switch where you've got your screen in the middle and your controller on either side. Um, basically, from what I understand, it uses local Wi-Fi to stream from your PlayStation 5. I don't think it goes out of your local Wi-Fi. I could be wrong on that. But basically, the idea is you're at home, you want to play your PS5, but you've only got one TV. So then you, or maybe you want to be in bed or maybe you want to be in the kitchen or something. So you get your PlayStation portal and it streams from your PS5 to this device. So you can play PS5 games in other parts of your home. And again, I, I may be wrong, but I don't think you can take it like on the road. Um, going for $200, you can pre-order now at the PlayStation website. I will not be pre-ordering this and like 90% of the people I talked to on Twitter and on Blue Sky were like, nah, not going to do it. A couple of people were like, yeah, sure, whatever. But most people were like, I don't see the point. What's I don't get what this is for. It's just like, I mean, honestly, like real talk. And I don't mean to be like um, elitist or classist in any way or something. Like I'm not I'm not saying like, you know, money is money, right? Like and I'm not rich. Most of my friends are not rich, so I get it. But like if you have the money to buy a PS portal which is $200, you can get a pretty good TV for $200 or less. And so I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, if the problem is that you don't have enough TVs in your house, maybe instead of getting the PS Portal, you can get a second smaller TV. I mean, you can get some TVs pretty cheap and just play it there. But if you really like the idea of playing PS5 when you're in bed or like when you're on your couch or something, then I guess maybe, but... I don't know. I'm not too jazzed about it. I'm not sure what other features it has. I mean, honestly, I kind of just glazed over it and just moved on. Uh, but it's a thing that exists. You can pre-order it now. Check it out. I think it's coming in December, I believe. So PS Portal, if that's something that might be of interest to you, uh, look into that. Uh, let's see. A couple more bits of information here. SAG-AFTRA, the Hollywood strike about the writers and the actors, still ongoing and we are with them we absolutely support sag after we think they are in the right this is a big fight that is going to have a lot more to do with than just actors salaries it's about ai it's about owning your image online it's about owning your own ip owning your voice um you know at 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 risk here is the idea that an actor could be scanned and then the studio would own that scan thereby never employing that actor ever again and never paying them for using their voice or likeness which i think if you think about it for four and a half seconds or less you realize that's a shit deal for anybody who's a performer and a ridiculously overpowered deal for the studios there's more to it than that there's also residuals there's also other things but honestly i feel like this is a fight for the ages a lot hinges on the sag after fight because however whatever way this goes will set the tone for so many other things. And I'm sure that the result of this will have knock-on effects, not just for the actors, 
um, but for other industries uh, as well. Uh, and, and we're seeing that literally right now because why am I talking about this? Because Fran Drescher, who you may remember from CBS's The Nanny, who is currently the president of SAG-AFTRA, is calling for a strike in the video game sphere. There's a number of AAA studios who are employing actors, voice actors, and associated talent who are trying to go that same AI route that Hollywood is doing. As in, we scan you once, we pay you for one day, kick you to the curb, and then we use your likeness forever. Um, they're trying to get away with some of that same stuff. And so SAG-AFTRA is like, no, 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 you guys can't do this either. So I think this is um, a good, ultimately a good thing because we do want to pay our actors, our voice actors, motion capture people, anybody associated who falls under this agreement. We need to protect them. We need to protect our rights. We, we cannot let the studios get away with this stuff. It is absolutely wrong. So I know that a lot of people are going to be sour about this. I know people are already sour about not getting new TV and new movies. And now we may not get new games. But that is just the price you pay for standing up for people who are hardworking, who create the things that we love and who need to earn a decent living. We cannot let the studios get away with this stuff. So I know a lot of people are going to be upset about it. But if you ask me, you're listening to the show, you want to hear what I have to say, I say we support SAG-AFTRA 100% because there is a lot, a lot riding on this strike, way more than you can imagine. And it's going to really set the tone for the future. Um, I say do not choose dystopia. Do not choose to screw every actor and performer out there. Let's stand up for the people. And I hope that SAG-AFTRA wins this one for sure. Uh, final bit of housekeeping here. The Logitech Adaptive esports rocket league tournament just wrapped i believe it was their second official event uh full disclosure i was the sign language interpreter for that event uh so i was uh every every time they did a show that little guy in the corner that was me so full disclosure uh I'm not trying to you know be biased or anything here although i think it's an awesome event uh not a huge rocket league fan myself although i'm kind of getting there because i've done both seasons and seeing the skill on display from these people was just amazing if you don't know about this the adaptive esports tournaments are about empowering players with disabilities to compete at like basically a professional level um they have lots of people who sign up, they enter the tournaments, and then there's three different types of uh, category. The first category is people who, who have disabilities but do not need special equipment. The second category is people who have disabilities and need some kind of special equipment, controller, keyboard, or whatever. And the third category are people who I believe are quadriplegic and need the most uh, adaptive equipment. So I don't know who was in what category or what. We didn't really talk about that when we were doing the broadcast. But uh, we broadcast, I think, six or eight different events of showing people competing in Rocket League. And boy, it was just really inspiring and so exciting. We just did the final. And I believe you can see all of these online. I believe they're archived. That final event was like, like I said, I'm not even a Rocket League fan. And I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on? This is crazy. My wife is the furthest thing imaginable from what you can think of as a Rocket League fan. And she was like over my shoulder going like, what's going to happen? Who's going to win this one? And I'm like, what are you doing here? She's like, I got to see what's happening. And I'm like, oh, my God, if my wife, who couldn't care less about Rocket League, is on the edge of her seat to see what happened. And I, who, you know, I'm slowly becoming a Rocket League fan, but don't know much about it and haven't really. I suck at it myself. But just watching this game, I was so on the edge of my seat. Huge upset huge um, surprise victory, huge underdog story. Um, it was just amazing. I want to give congratulations to 
uh, Yotam and Alpha, the two players who are on the Eitbet team, come from behind out of nowhere victory to beat, like, the sure thing, the uncontrollables, Ashley and Pandemonium. Wow. I just, like, it was just the most amazing match I have seen in quite a while. And not only did um, Eitbet, the underdogs, have to win, they had to win twice because of the way that the points fell down in the bracket. And they did. They totally beat the undisputed and heretofore undefeated in any sense champions not only defeated him once defeated him back to back it was fucking bonkers dude like i it was just crazy um so i absolutely recommend you check out the adaptive esports league and watch last year's event you can watch this year's event you can see me doing sign language in the corner and you can support the disability gaming community which is something awesome that we all should support uh big ups to everybody who participated big ups to able gamers mount sinai logitech adaptive esports everybody who made this event happen fucking fantastic fantastic stuff i believe they're going to be doing another one i don't know if the signups are already open or what but if you're a disabled person yourself or you know someone with a disability who would like to participate in some rocket league this is the shit they give out money prizes at the end and it's just a lot of fun great community good stuff i'm so proud to be associated with it so go and check them out all right, I think that brings the housekeeping to close. Take a quick look at the script here. I think we're good. Yes, we are good. And now we are moving on to the official portion of show, the main game content. All right, uh, let's see what we've got up here. Oh, okay, great. So I've talked about Black Skylands before, at least once or twice. And it's really one of my favorite games of the year. It's a top-down, literally top-down because you're looking at the top of your character's heads, like straight up, like 90 degree camera view. Uh, you play a lady. Now you're not a sky pirate. You're like a, I don't know, air marshal, I guess. Although <laughs> not exactly an air marshal like we think of them now, but you're like a a, a lawgiver in this uh, world full of floating islands and airships, uh, played from the top down perspective. There is an evil swarm of insects at the periphery, and so you have to solve. Um, you know, the issue of what do you do about the swarm and also uh, upgrade your ship, take on side quests and help the different citizens of the different islands fight sky pirates and stuff like that. It's been a wonderful experience. Uh, I've been looking forward to it for quite some time. I know it was an early access for a pretty long period of time, and I think that really paid off. This is one of the situations where I really feel like the developers were making the right calls. They had started with a good premise and just continue to polish from there. Uh, everything that they've done so far that I've seen has been in the right direction, and I was quite excited when this came to console, and my excitement was justified. It's a really wonderful experience. Um, I just finished it uh, yesterday. That's why I'm bringing it back to the show. So altogether, it took me about 20 hours, which felt like just right. Um, plenty of stuff to do. I was having a great time. I never got bored with it. Um, loved the airship i love the air to air combat fighting other ships and other monsters in the air uh i loved uh the combat when you're on the ground it got a little bit frenetic at times could have been slowed down a little bit but not a problem and you got lots of powers to compensate for that lots of weapons and upgrades and uh, i think if anything the the script could use a little bit more polish i don't know if they're native english speakers or not but there's a few times when i was like okay this can be punched up a little bit in terms of the actual like lines of dialogue but that was such a small complaint when the game gets so much right just like flying your ship around was great and doing the broadside cannons and then getting off your ship with your grappling hook and going to shoot some guys and shoot some bugs and running around and 
Everything in this game was really just really polished and very player forward, like lots of amenities toward the player, like ease of getting back to your ship, ease of getting back to wherever you want to go, plenty of fast travel points, very generous life system, very generous uh, save system. Um, the inventory stuff was very easy to manage, and I think they just patched it to make it even easier. Uh, just everything about it was just very well thought out so that it was very frictionless to play. Uh, no real rough spots, no real problems, no part where I got really, really frustrated. Um, it was just a very smooth experience. Now, that's not to say it was super easy. I mean, there were definitely some challenging parts to it, but it was designed in such a way that it was just pleasant to play. I never felt as though I was fighting the game. I felt like I was just playing and meeting challenges and doing things. And it all just came together so well. Um, a clear vision, clear mechanics in support of that vision. Nothing in the game that didn't make any sense or that felt like extra fluff. Um, it was just all really polished and focused and streamlined and on point. And I just had a wonderful, wonderful experience with it. So I wanted to circle back. I wanted to give one final plug to Black Skylands because I feel like if you like 2D games, if you like 16-bit style games, or just if you like a good game in general, this is just so fun. I had the best time with it. So Black Skylands wrapped it up, rolled credits. They actually just dropped an update a couple days ago that gives you a lot of post-game stuff if you want to do post-game stuff. And they don't even charge you for it. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Black Skylands is the bomb, dude. And so my official So Video Game score for Black Skylands, I'm going to give it a really solid 8.5. And that is rock solid. I had the best time. I think it's probably going to be on my 10 best of the year. And I strongly recommend it. Basically no reservations whatsoever. Uh, just a, a stellar game all the way around. So congratulations to Black Skylands and to the developers. I believe their studio is called Hungry Couch. Uh, great, great stuff. Please, please check it out. Do yourself a favor and check it out. All right. Next up is a PC demo. I got uh, an email from a small indie developer and said, Brad, please check out our demo. And I needed one more game for the show. So I said, okay. Um, I very rarely play stuff on PC unless it's just like Dynamite or if it's a porn game and everybody knows that. This is not a porn game. It's just a kind of a reverse tower defense, I guess where it's called Heretic's Fork. I played the demo, demo available on Steam right now. Uh, so basically what it is, is you are in hell and you are inside, I guess, a little tower in the center of the screen. And then all of these lost souls or sinners are starting at the outside edge of the screen and coming towards you to, I guess I'm not sure what they're doing, attacking, they're trying to escape. Um, I feel a little muddled on, on that part. But basically you're a tower in the middle Lost souls, sinners, whatever, coming towards you. And then you need to activate your towers to defend yourself from them. Um, there's a randomized deck builder aspect to this. So you start the game. Um, they give you a couple cards. You have a couple of slots where you can put towers in. You can unlock more tower slots as you go. The cards give you buffs for like, for example, you'll draw a card. Maybe it's like a flame tower. You want to use it. So you set it up. And then later on, you'll get a card that says like, you know, plus five attack to flame towers. Uh, there's all sorts of different, there's like holy attack, flame attack, like shadow attack, I think, or something like that. Different flavors of attacking, different towers. You also get these little garrisons, which are like uh, a little person lives in this house that lives next to your tower. And then they run out and like punch people, I guess. It was kind of hard to tell what they did. I wasn't quite 100% sure. But uh, so that's basically what we're talking about. Reverse tower defense-ish with a roguelike sort of deck builder thing. 
there were characters you could unlock. I started off as the intern who had no special abilities. Uh, later on, there was like a regular businessman. There was like the lady executive. They were all like devil people, had horns and stuff. Um, so interesting premise. I'm always keen to see what people do with like a hell-like theme. Um, so I checked it out. I think the art is on point. Uh, the character portraits are really nice. I think the theming of dark and lava and red and black and souls and stuff was all was all pretty well done. I like the aesthetics very much. I like the concept, too, of, you know, doing something a little bit different with tower defense. I don't play a lot of tower defense games, but I like the ones that are weird. And this one definitely counted as something that was weird. Um, but I will say that the game stumbles. Again, I was playing the demo, not the full version. Uh, the game stumbles because I think the tutorial is not very good. It took me like maybe like two games before I fully understood what I was doing. Um, I was just like, what is happening and what's going on and what are these points for and what's... What's the deal? Um, but basically, once I figured it out, and I did figure it out, um, and I, once I started playing the game proper, I will say I think they're on the right track, but I do not think this game is there yet. Um, aesthetics, great. Concept, great. But overall, it feels like too passive of an experience because once you set up your tower, towers, and then you pick a few cards from your deck, you just watch the game play out. Like, you don't do anything. So... You're kind of just watching it passively happen. You hope that your defenses are good enough and that you will survive the round and the next round you pick a couple more cards and buff yourself up somehow. Um, but basically the rounds were really long. I played them on fast forward speed and even at fast forward speed, they were still too long. And there's just not enough interaction there. It feels too passive. It feels like I want to be making more choices. I want to be doing something. Um, I'm not, I don't know that I need to have a little character that I'm controlling on screen or anything like that, but just somehow managing these towers in a more active way, doing something a little more active. It just felt like basically you make a couple choices and then you watch the screen for like a few minutes and don't really do anything, which isn't a winning proposition for me. It just felt way too passive. So I feel like it's a good core concept. I feel like the art is great. Um, but I feel like they need to do something with it to make the player a little bit more engaged, whether that's more choices more often, whether that's some kind of active element. Maybe you could zap people with your mouse or maybe you could maybe there would be a character you control or maybe you need to, I don't know, manage your tower in some way, refresh resources or something like that. But it needs to be a little bit more active. But I do want to give these guys some encouragement. I feel like it's a great idea. It's a good start. It just needs to go a little further. It's not fully baked yet, but don't give up. Hopefully you'll get something else out of this and it'll become a winner for you. So Heretic's Fork, check it out on Steam. PC demo available now. All right, this next one is quite a treat. It is the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood coming from developers Deconstruct Team and also being put out uh, by Devolver, Devolver Digital. We are Devolver fans. I don't love every game they've ever put out, but I love their approach. I love their style. I think they've got some a lot of great picks. And I love that they're trying to bring something different every single time they bring something. So I have a lot of respect and a lot of love uh, for Devolver. Anyway, I talked about the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood, I think, two episodes ago. But I had just barely scratched the surface of it at that time. And so I wanted to circle back and just kind of touch on it again and bring it back to people's uh, attention once again, I put a lot more time into it. I didn't finish it. I feel like I'm probably pretty close to the end. But basically, as a refresher, you play a witch who's been sentenced to exile in space. She's on this little asteroid. And when she's out on this asteroid, she summons a behemoth, which is kind of like a Cthulhu-like, you know, elder 
energy presence of the universe, kind of this like large force um, to talk to her and to grant her the power to change her situation because she's been out there on this asteroid for like 200 years and she's done. Um, so I'm not going to go over the whole thing again, but basically that's it in a, in, in a nutshell. You also have to create your own tarot cards. And so you earn points by doing different things and you go to this little tarot creation uh, interface where you choose like a background, a subject, and um, one other part to it. Like there's like three parts to each tarot card. You put them together and then you can actually change the image of the card. So you have like a main character, little little bits you can add. And like every card will be different because everybody's creating their own card, which I think is actually a pretty cool aspect to it. I love that like you can make them suit your own taste. You can create these little scenes. You can make them look really scary and ominous or you can make them funny and weird or you can do whatever you want. Um, I think the tarot card creation is great. I think the pixel-based graphics, it's kind of like a 16-bit third person at a distance, kind of a 2D thing uh, where you're looking at people in a small, like, ant farm sort of a view. Um, I think this is great. I love the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. Uh, It comes from Deconstruct Team, who did the Red Strings Club we talked about a while ago, a couple episodes ago. But this one has a much different feel. It feels way more approachable. It feels way more open. And it feels like they are really getting the message that doing stuff that's not fun kills the actual fun of the game that was the big problem we had in the red strings club where carlos and i both loved the concept but we didn't like what you were actually doing Um, it was really boring to play but we loved the vibe the graphics the idea the whole energy of it but we just didn't like playing it that has been changed here in the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood, they have really dialed back on the stuff that is kind of tedious or boring. And in fact, I don't think any of it's really boring or tedious at all. They have really streamlined their development process. So they've really cut the fat and focused on the good stuff where you're having dialogue with other witches. You're creating these tarot cards or doing readings. And the story is really building up in a great way. There's also a lot of choices which will ultimately result in a serious consequences. I haven't gotten to the consequences yet. I'm pretty close. But... I I just wanted to bring this one back to say this one is not getting enough love. I feel like a lot of people out there, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you would love this game. I think this is a really interesting, really different, really offbeat thing. And ultimately, a lot of it comes down to autonomy, independence, self-determination, how you relate to people, a lot of like heady subjects. And it's really like at heart kind of a human story. What kind of a person are you? Do you want revenge? Do you want to make things better? Do you tell the truth, even if it might make people upset? Like, how does this work for you? A lot of really cool choices. And I just love the vibe of it. I love this meteor out in space and this witch is on this little house in this meteor. And she's talking to this giant monster out in the depths of nowhere. It's just fucking cool. Like, it's got great vibes. It's got great energy. I love, um, I just love everything about it. So if you like visual novels, if you like you know, narrative pieces. If you like something that's really, really left of center Um, again, check this out. I haven't finished it yet. I'm going to try to finish it before the next episode, but uh, so far the cosmic wheel sisterhood is an absolute winner for sure. Really, really enjoying this one. So check it out if you haven't yet. Next up on the agenda, brand new game coming to the show today, punch club Two: fast forward. Uh, This is, oh man, I don't even know where to even begin with this one. Um, I remember the original Punch Club coming to Switch a while ago. It's about, uh, you take a a little boxer guy, it's like a 2D, 16-bit sort of a thing, uh, pixel-based, and you just train him up, like you punch, you know, heavy bags, and you train, and 
you try to make him become the best boxer and stuff. I remember being intrigued with the idea of trying to like raise a boxer, especially on the Switch, because that seems kind of like the like a sim management intense sort of a thing that might be good on a smaller screen. But I remember bouncing out of it pretty quickly. I don't I don't remember exactly why. I played it several years ago, and I just remember thinking, cool idea, but it wasn't fun, and I just like whatever moved on. So I saw that they released Punch Club 2 Fast Forward, which is the direct sequel, uh, just recently, maybe a week or two ago. And wow, it is a way better game than the first one was. Huge step forward. They took the same basic premise where you have a fighter, a boxer, or I guess a mixed martial arts fighter, I suppose. Um, he's just a little 16-bit pixel guy. And he lives with his mom at home. And then you need to train him up to be like the best fighter. They have uh, put it in the future. It's kind of like a Blade Runner-y future. And you have various levels of squalor all across the city. Um, you see this map, an overworld map, and there's like different locations, there's like a 7-Eleven store. There's a couple places to work. There's a gym. There's uh, sewers. There's all sorts of little things. And things pop up as you go. Uh, so this is a really interesting one because when you get right down to the gameplay of it, you're basically just filling meters. That's all you're doing. So like you have your guy, he needs to get buff. And so you like hit a, a punching bag for a little while. And then he, you know, he gains a point stat point on his meter. Uh, he needs to earn some money. So you go to one of the factories. One of the first places you can work is this gross factory where there are these giant caterpillars and you make food out of the juice from the caterpillar. So they string them up and you got to punch the caterpillar, and make him spit out his juice. It sounds like I'm talking crazy, but that's what, that's what you do. And it's really funny. But um, but what you do is you punch caterpillars for a while and then your meter goes up, you earn some money and then you earn like loyalty points with the boss. Um, you go to the gym and you can work out in this other way. There's like a VR gym where you can just have the stats for your buffness just downloaded directly in your brain for a price. Uh, there's all sorts of things like this. So there's little little events that you do. But basically all it is is you go to a place, you choose to do a thing, you watch a meter go up, and then that's it. You have to earn money to keep facilitating the experience. You have to take a rest every once in a while. You have to watch your, your joy meter. Um, and then, so, so that's the basic start of it. Then once you get a couple skills under your belt, once you start fighting, there are different schools of fighting. There are different stats that go along with this. And I got to say, so number one, Despite the fact that it is just like Phil Meter the game, it's really fucking fun. I've had an in incredibly hard time putting this game down because they have refined the past formula to maintain the core of it, but like it's not drudgery. Like it sounds so boring, but it's not boring at all. It's 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 fun and exciting. And if you like seeing numbers go up, if you like seeing incremental progress, if you like seeing things build over time, this is that exactly. It feels great to take your guy who's like a schmo at the beginning. And then after a while has money, has resources, you know, meets new friends, gets tougher. Like you go from getting your ass kicked from the very first person to becoming an ass kicker yourself where you've got these different skills, you've got more strength, more stamina. It feels good just to see this thing grow. Like seeing something productive happen, seeing something build from your efforts is really great. And it's also a productive thing where you put in the time and effort and you're guaranteed results. And so it always feels like whatever you're doing is worthwhile. Like it doesn't feel like you ever get snookered on anything. It doesn't feel like you've wasted your time. No matter what it is you're doing, whether you're painting walls, punching the heavy bag, searching the sewers, uh, squeezing the juice from those caterpillars, like whatever, you're always getting something out of it. And so it feels like your work is always, even in some small way, you know, helping contribute to the whole, your success overall, which is a great feeling. It's a very great feeling, especially in today's world where so much of our efforts feel like they're wasted or it feels like so impossible 
to to get ahead in any way to feel something where you are genuinely moving forward is wonderful so that's the 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 game at its core but there's actually a lot more than that because this game is surprisingly nuanced uh shockingly nuanced in a way um there's so many stats so many numbers and little menus now on the one hand it's confusing because i do feel like the tutorial is not great there's a number of like icons and points and different currencies and stuff where I'm like, I'm not quite sure what's happening. What is this one doing? Why is this one? Oh, I'm out of this one. Where do I get this one? What's going on? It took me a while to get grips, get, come to grips with it. And I did eventually, although even now that I'm like 10 hours into it, there are still a few questions about certain things. For example, you have three schools of combat. Well, actually four. You've got your generic combat, your red combat, which is like the heavy, um, heavy attack. You've got blue combat, which is more about dodging. And you've got green combat, which is about tanking. And so I've been focusing on red mostly, and it's been going fine, increasing my skills, getting new moves. You can assign them on a little menu so you can be, you know, whatever moves you like. You can use your knees, your, your feet, punching, whatever, changing up, changing up between rounds too. So it's a pretty great system. But I've been doing fine, and then all of a sudden in the most recent match, I ran out of red points. And I'm like, wait a minute. Since when does red have points? Have I not noticed this the whole time? Why is it a problem now? How come I can't do this anymore? Like, and so I had to really stop and like look at the systems and be like, wow, what is going on? Like, I didn't even notice this other like tertiary system happening. So there's multiple multiple layers to like everything in this game. When initially it seems like all you're going to be doing is just push a button get better, but actually that's not the case. There's multiple levels of stamina. There's multiple levels of points that you have for each kind of combat. You may be forced to change up your combat. So like what happens to me now is. Um, I usually am running out of red moves about halfway through a match, but by that time I've worn the person down pretty far because red is pretty strong. So then I kind of switch over to blue, do some dodging, do some lighter attacks, but like I have enough stamina to make it to the end of the match with those. And so I have to like constantly be micromanaging my approach, my strategy. You're looking at your stamina as well. Like over the time, most matches are five rounds. And so you got to think if I go strong in the first round, am I going to knock this guy out? If so, great. If not, then that means I'm going to be weaker for the subsequent rounds because I've, I've overspent, right? So you've got to kind of really look at that. Um, in addition to all of that, which I think is great so far, um, I think <laughs> the humor and the nods are really good. So uh, one caveat, one caveat. There's lots of jokes. This is not a super serious game, as you can tell from the caterpillar punching. There are many references, like the guy that runs the Caterpillar factory, he looks like um, uh, that big, fat, floating um, bad guy from Dune. I forget what his name is, uh, but that guy, Baron Harkonnen, I think his name is. Uh, you know, you go to see a scientist and he looks like Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. And there's like all the cyber stuff. There's Blade Runner stuff. There's lots of jokes. It's really irreverent. Um, some of it is really, really funny. Some of it less so, but still kind of funny. You, you get, you know, it's not all laugh out loud moments. Some of it is kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or like a chuckle, like I get it. You go down in the sewer and instead of turtles, it's like an alligator, but there's turtle poster on the wall. I mean, they, they're wearing all their influences on their sleeve here, which is totally fine. And I think it really helps the game. Um, it would be fine if it was straightforward and serious because I think the systems are compelling enough, but it really does, I think, complement the experience to have everything be kind of a joke. Um but about a joke that's like you know it's 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 fun it's in um good spirits and they kind of want you to keep playing the game and there is you know the basic core of combat which is still there um i will say one joke didn't quite land with me uh which is where you go to the 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 7-eleven equivalent shop it's like a uh you know like a convenience store and the person working there is named apu 
which seems to be clearly a Simpsons reference. Um, but, you know, I was like, you know, I could have done without that one. I think Apu is kind of a racist stereotype these days. I don't think he plays as well as my, it might have a couple years ago. So not a big deal, but one that kind of gave me a little bit of pause. But thankfully, I haven't seen anything that was um, questionable in the rest of it. Uh, you know, haven't seen any really overt stuff to make me really cringe. So I think most of it is, is pretty well done. Uh, a lot of movie references, a lot of action movie references, which I think are fine. Uh, a lot of good jokes. So I, I think overall it does a good job complimenting the gameplay. And I think the gameplay is great. It's, it's just, it, it's impossible to describe how you go to the gym, you increase your stats by one. And then you think, well, if I just do this one more thing, I could get up one more point and I've got a minute. It's just going to take a sec. Okay, well, I'll just go do this thing real quick. You go over here, you earn some money. Oh, well, I've got money now. Well, I can go, I can work out one more time. I can do that. And then I go do that. And then you do that. You're like, well, if I sleep for a minute, I could probably go and knock out um, some caterpillar punching really fast. And if I do that, then I'll have the money and then I can go back and train one more time. It'll just take a second. Like, no problem. Okay, just one more, just one more. And I find myself doing just one more thing for like three hours. So... I think this game is on to something. I think they have honed the formula. They have honed um, the system and the flow. All the systems feed into each other. Uh, I think the combat system is nuanced, but it's still pretty approachable. The rest of the game, I think the menus are really clear and straightforward. You can figure out what you need to do, where you need to go, how you need to get there. I think that's really great. Um, it's just a really, really, really well-produced game and really smart, and I'm really enjoying it quite a bit. Having a great time. Uh, much better time than I anticipated, and I, I just have not been able to put it down. So thumbs up to Punch Club 2 fast forward so far. I'm going to definitely try to go the distance on this one and finish it out. And I think it's perfect for those nights where you just get in bed with your Switch. You do 15, 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, or in my case, three hours, and then you put it away. Like, it's more of a marathon, not a sprint, and so you're going to be chipping away at this one for a while. Um, you know, just, you got to build up meters over time. You got to build up your strength over time. It's not a fast play, but I think it's a good play. And I think it's a great play for something that you want to chew on like over the next month. You're not going to binge it for like 10 hours a time, unless you're me. Um, but you, you will definitely play it for like half hour a night, 20 minutes a night, come back to it the next day. And you'll look forward to coming back to it, which I think is a great quality. And I think this is a really, really wonderful, uh, and wonderfully addicting experience. So definitely recommend this one. Punch Club 2, fast forward, having a blast with it. All right, final game of the show. Uh, this was a last minute edition that squeaked in right under the wire. Uh, I wasn't sure I was going to have time to play it this week, but I did. Didn't finish it, but I will. Uh, I'm liking this one quite a bit. It's called Goodbye Volcano High. This was... Shown, I believe, at one of the recent PlayStation uh, presentations. I think they showed it, maybe not the most recent one, but they showed it recently and it got a lot of attention. It also, I believe, won an award at the Tribeca Film Festival, which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so what is it? Basically, it's a visual novel slash... Uh, I don't even want to say it's a music game. It's more of a visual novel with some mini games thrown into it. You play as Fang, who is a person uh, I mean okay so everybody here in this game is an anthropomorphic dinosaur uh, so everybody is a dinosaur slash human hybrid um, and that's just that's just the world that you live in so you just have to you know accept that right off the bat Fang is a girl who is playing uh, guitar she's a songwriter she wants to get a band off the ground she's got a drummer friend and another friend who's in the band they're all in high school 
they've all just come back from summer break and they've all went their separate ways during the summer. One person was at camp. Fang stayed home and worked on songs and the other guy was off doing whatever. No one knows where he was, but he was not around. So they come back together for their senior year of high school. And now it's about what do you want to do with your life? What is the next step? Where do we go from here? And teen angst, emotion, anxiety, fear, hope ensues, right? So right off the bat, you have to say production values for this game are like through the roof. It's like ridiculous, the production values here. Voice acting is fantastic. Every character so far, super well done. Whoever is doing the direction, uh, the voice director, kudos, like mega kudos. Every person sounds great. Their, their, their performances are nuanced, natural, believable. I feel like they are very well done. Not a dud in the entire group. Uh, as far as the visuals go, it kind of plays out like an animated cartoon for the most part. Uh, you are just watching animation happen, but the animation is great. It looks like you're watching a really high, uh, high production value cartoon. I could easily imagine seeing this on Cartoon Network or like on HBO or something where like little half hour skits or something. Um, it looks fantastic. Amazing animation. Great art direction. Like it all. I mean, I'm not a furry fan. I'm not a I'm not a person who really goes for cat girls or animal people or whatever. Um, and I was a little bit hesitant when I knew they were dino people. But man, like it looks phenomenal. Like the artistry here is just, just 10 out of 10, dude. Like it's really great stuff. So you basically watch these animation sequences play out and then you get some choices and how those choices uh, relate to your friends or how you respond will determine how close you get to people and how people relate to you and may even determine what the future holds for you. So I haven't played very much. I only got about an hour, hour and a half. So into it this morning, like I said, it was a last minute edition. I'll definitely talk about it on the next show. Um, but basically you get together and Fang wants to do this battle of the bands. She's really committed. She's doing the singer songwriter thing. And as often happens with your friends in high school, you may still be friends, but it starts to become apparent that not everyone is on the same track. So I'm pretty quickly gathering the vibe that, yeah, they still want to play in a band and that's really cool. But also we kind of want to play some D and D and also we kind of want to like just go to the mall and kind of just hang. And it seems to be that the other people who are involved in the band are not as serious about choosing music as a future as Fang is. And so I'm not there yet. And this is not a spoiler because I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing right here. But it seems pretty clear that Fang's going to have to decide, do I really want to pursue music seriously? If so, that may mean leaving my friends behind because they're not as serious as I am. And if I want to really make a career out of this, I've really got to like focus on it and like put some time in. So I'm anticipating one of those coming of age stories where you probably have to like realize that your friends can be still friends, but you're not on the same track and that you may have to part ways for a while. And you just may just not be on the same trajectory, you know, and that's okay. That happens. You know, I'm sure everyone, <clears throat> excuse me, who's gone through life has had a friend or two. And then you realize you're friends for a while and that can be a good and positive thing. And then after a while, you just, you just don't want the same things. Like you just don't have the same goals or you don't have the same views on certain things. And you just, uh, you know, they can still be friends, still be good people. No one's a villain or anything, but you just realize, well, you know, this is not the right path for me. I need to choose my own path. And that might take me away from my friends. And that's okay. That happens. And it might be bittersweet, but that's just real life. And I feel like that's what goodbye volcano high is going after. 
Uh, I feel like that's what we're going for. And I think that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes. And I'm curious to see how my choices will affect what's going on. Um, the game seems really queer friendly so far. It seems like that's all on the up and up. Seen a couple of examples of people who are, um, I don't even know, what am I trying to say? People who are queer in a positive way. Uh, we, you know, they are being shown to not adhere to the specific rigorous male, female stereotype, which I think is a-okay. I'm totally fine with that. I think that's great. Uh, really enjoying that so far. And there's also the, the mini games. Mostly what I've seen so far is Fang playing the songs. And you, when that happens, you go to this, uh, setup where honestly it is right on the verge of being too much for me. And I've already, um, kind of messed up a couple songs. I don't think there's a fail state. It seems like the game carries on whether you fail or not. Uh, but I do believe it does affect what you say. Um, I messed up my last music mini game, and at the end of it, Fang was like, "Oh, I screwed that up." But you get the vo- you get the point, right? So I wonder if I had gone back and replayed that one and gotten it all perfect, if she would have been like, "Yeah, good performance." Very possible. Basically, what happens is there's these uh, there's like three different layers, I think, to the music mini game, and they all happen at the same time. You have dots uh, starting at the edge of the screen, going towards the center, and you have to move your left stick to intercept the dots. At the same time, you have uh, little QTE style windows that show up and you have to watch when the circles overlap. You have to push a button. And then also there are directional arrows that show up. And then when those arrows show up, you have to move the stick in the direction to match them uh, to get those done. Uh, there may be more. Those are That's all I've seen so far. But they all kind of come at you fast um, at certain parts where when the song tempo speeds up or when things are happening... And to be perfectly honest, it feels like patting your head and rubbing your tummy at the same time. So I think they could have eased back on some of those a little bit because they are challenging. Uh, and I don't like not getting them right. But also the story does continue. So I haven't really been punished so far. Um, but again, I do wonder if the outcome will be different if I play better. That's going to stress me out. I'm already feeling a little anxiety about that. Uh, because I like to you know, do well when I play games. And I don't like to... Um, fail QTEs like that. I don't think you can go back. I think it kind of just auto saves as you go. So I think you're locked in your uh, your your performance. But we'll see what happens um, with those song performances. But other than that, other than the anxiety I'm feeling from playing poorly, uh, I think Goodbye Volcano High is pretty awesome. Um, it's definitely an experience game where you're you're along for the ride, right? You want to meet the characters, you want to hear them talking, you want to hear the songs, you want to feel the vibe, you want to go along with their narrative adventure and be with them in a time and a place. Um, and that's what this game is. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about video games, right? Because we've already talked about so many different games on this show. Like we talked about Black Skylands, which is kind of a top-down, 16-bit, like action-packed. Heretic's Fork, which was like a reverse RTS, which was really passive. We talked about the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood, which is about creating tarot cards and talking about, you know, determinism and and your fate. We talked about Punch Club, which is like filling meters the game and punching people to become a better person. And now we're talking about Goodbye Volcano High, where you're with a bunch of teenagers and you're just along for the ride. You're hearing what they're talking about. You're feeling their feelings. You're texting with them. Um, you're thinking about the future at a very specific time and place. Uh, so I think this is wonderful. It really shows the breadth and the depth that video games can encompass. And I really like Volcano High a lot. I think it's, I mean, just just from production values alone, it's impossible not to like it. It feels so smooth, so velvety, and so great. 
Um, and the voices are just so great as well. I just, I like these characters already. I'm really involved in what they're doing. I really want to see how this turns out. I just, I like them. And I think that's great to get me involved right off the bat is, is no easy trick. And they did it like effortlessly. So if you want a experience type game, uh, where the main interaction is choosing choices and playing that, uh, that really kind of difficult music mini game, this is great stuff. I think this is wonderful and I really can't wait to see how it turns out. So I will probably bring this one back to the show next week i can't imagine that it's that long with the level of production they've got uh i'm guessing it's probably a couple hours at most but we shall see but so far absolute thumbs up goodbye volcano high is really really great stuff i dig it all right folks that is the show got through that in record time thank you so much uh for listening at this point in the show i usually talk about maybe like non-game things to discuss tv or movies or anything music maybe sometimes uh but i gotta be honest i've been so busy this week doing the the adaptive esports show um taking care of stuff at home and just playing games for the show i haven't really watched or done anything outside of games that's really worth talking about so i'm going to give a pass to the the after show non-game stuff but i'm sure i'll have something next week i'm sure carlos will have something next week he'll be back so at this point i'm going to just wrap And I'm going to say thank you so much for listening. Enjoyed having you aboard. Hopefully you have enjoyed what I brought to the show. Uh, Would love to hear from you. Would love to get your comments. Would love to get your questions. Hit me up. SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com or hit me up individually. I'm on basically every platform, but honestly, I think it's mostly Twitter and Blue Sky these days. Also Instagram if you like action figures, because I do. And if you do, then we'll get along. Uh, But hit me up on any platform. It's my name, B-R-A-D. G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y all A's, no O's and this is going to do it for episode 352 thank you so much again for joining me here on the Soviet Games Podcast and I'll see you next week